This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about Shadow of the Vampire. <laughs> Jeff's I've, favorite movie. I want to watch. This movie came out in 2000. In the year <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you beat me to it. Oh boy, this movie was directed by E. Elias <laughs> Merhigi, Merhig, written by Stephen Katz, direct, or sorry, starring John Malkovich, Willem yeah. Dafoe, Carrie Elways, Uta Kier, Catherine McCormick, Eddie Izzard, and others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Scott, this is your movie. Why, why did you make us watch this film? <laughs> yeah. So I, I really enjoyed watching this again i think this is the second or third time i've seen this um the original time was in the local theater i know i saw it with, with some of you dudes uh i don't know if you're there for that alex yeah, i don't think so yeah i could maybe some other previous guests in the podcast but uh yeah i i enjoyed it at the time i don't think i i appreciated it as much as i do now now because now i kind of look at it more as a uh, I guess an homage to like, 20s filmmaking in the original Nosferatu, which I've never actually seen, by the way. But um, I, I can still appreciate the them trying to mimic the the, the black and white and the, the silent filmmaking that, that's going on um, in in the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alex, what's your history with this movie? Uh, I think... Before this, I'd only seen, like, half of it, because uh, I remember, like, I I think I was flipping through the channels, and I saw Willem Dafoe as Max Shrek, and it was a scene where they were talking, uh, when they were drunk talking on the, with the uh, boat set behind them. I think that's where, when I started watching it, and then I finished the movie to the end, and I was like, hey, that movie's pretty good. And that was... (laughs) 20 years ago, I think. <laughs> right. And have you seen the original Nosferatu? I have not. Okay. Uh, my history of this is just uh, for this sh- for this recording. I had never even heard of this movie before. Um, <laughs> I have seen... I actually have seen Nosferatu. And I actually saw it on like 8mm. Uh, one of my, one of With Nick Cage? <laughs> hey. It was 8 or 16, but remember when uh, one of our buddies was really into that, and he somehow had a copy. Obviously, it wasn't original, but he had some copy of it. We watched it. and <laughs> He was cranking the thing. <laughs> Somebody uh, was playing a piano in the back. And it's 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 hard watch. Like, I, I, I get it. I'm not a film stu- student, but I get it. It's You think of the time and everything, it's pretty, it's something, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, what didn't really enjoy where- it, and then this movie didn't really enjoy as well but we'll get into that so uh let's talk about it we each have seven items that we'd like to talk about so scott why don't you lead us off what's your number seven all right uh let's see so uh i, I didn't remember a whole lot about this going in uh, again 
Um, I, I did one of the things I really enjoyed, and and I have no idea if this is like how real this actually was, but I loved how they they treat uh, John Malkovich's character Murnau as a doctor. Um, I don't know. I don't know if like Murnau actually was a doctor in real life. Um, guessing not, but the, they they keep calling him a hair doctor. Uh, everybody on the set is in lab coats. Uh, they they wear the goggles. Um, they they tre- they treat it more like they're they're in a um, like a twenties observation room on a surgery than they do uh, like like we imagine filmmaking today. Uh, maybe, maybe a lot of that has to do with just them being German or supposed supposedly being German. Um, honorable mention to how every German in this movie gives a different accent. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> including including Udo Kier, who's actually German. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's uh, that that was making me laugh a little bit. But um, yeah, it just I loved how the they were always in the the full lab coats and uh, then they pull on the the goggles, which if I I'm guessing was so that they can see things kind of in black and white to kind of to kind of see what the camera's seeing. Um, I, although I, I, they obviously use it much more for visual effect here of, of people behind the camera, uh, but yeah, I did I did really like that the filmmakers were treated as doctors. That's my number seven. Yeah, I was wondering why they were wearing those goggles as well. That makes sense if it's to preview as black and white. All right, Alex, number seven. My number seven is <laughs> I appreciate the long credit sequence at the beginning, but it it was too, it was too much. <laughs> like oh, no I was way, seeing man! It. it knocked seven movies out right off this movie. I love it. <laughs> I fast forwarded through that shit. <laughs> I well, yeah, I I agree. Alex was very long. <laughs> yeah, it was. I get it. It, it was like the style at the time, which is what I... So you know what you're getting into when you're watching this movie. Okay, this is going to be all like early film, 1920s, 1910s even? 22. 20s, yeah. So you know what you're getting into. But it's like, gee, it's okay, I get it. It's like, why don't they do the thing where they just put like 50 names on one screen and then move on? <laughs> but the, I guess that didn't come in until later. Yeah, you know, as as I you, as I was waiting for it to be over, uh, <laughs> I I was wondering like, what are they going for here? Um, you, you get some of the obviously you get some of the the Dracula imagery, um, akin to uh, like a, a Dark Age painting or something like that. Um, but yeah, could have done that in four or five minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It felt like forever. Like like Jeff said though, like if you if you're really antsy <laughs> just knocked a bunch mm-hmm. of your, your watch time right off. Yeah. Maybe they were just trying to pad it. It literally felt like us making a movie when we first started like using editing software to ooh, we could add the titles and we can add I a... did I did think about that because <laughs> the movie clocks in right around an hour thirty. Uh. It didn't feel like an hour thirty, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my number seven. I'm not going to be too positive, but I have a couple. I'll leave those toward the end. Uh, this movie was boring as 
all hell, and it, it, I think it's even worse, more boring than the original. Let's go on and say it. <laughs> wow. I did not enjoy this at all, and I gave it a fair chance, because when you first guys nominated, I was like, what the hell is this? Then when I saw who was in it, I was like, oh, okay, I might actually like that. What I was about, because I like movies that are about making movies, but this just did not work This for me This will be over quickly. You will not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did enjoy it. I I do, I do think that it is a slow burn. Um, yeah, it, it, you kind of have to have a little patience. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number seven. Scott, what's your number six? Number six, I I enjoy that this is kind of a different take on on Dracula and, and vampires. Um, the the I I guess trope that you go to to film something not thinking that it's real and it turns out to be real has been done before um but i i did enjoy that that spin on it as well uh but i just like it like this is decrepit dracula like they they even explained why there's no other vampires around um like they they even kind of intimate that he might not ever ever been able to have made other vampires um, he doesn't even remember, uh, but yeah, he's just this kind of frail, uh, old man, like old, super creepy old man, uh, until like the vampire powers kick in a little bit anyway. Uh, and yeah, he, they, they explain that, uh, yeah, he doesn't just go around feeding, like he just doesn't have the, like the drive for it, but when food's in front of him. Um, you know, he he feeds erratically, as he states in the movie. Uh, and for whatever reason, he's latched on to this actress. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, John Malkovich's character put the idea in his head, but uh, for whatever reason, he, he was hot for Catherine McCormick, who's actually one of my favorite uh, actresses. Um, I don't know if you guys recognized her. That's the the... That's Braveheart's wife. It's the the main actress in the movie. Hmm. I did not recognize her, but I saw that when I was looking at IMDb while I was watching it. Did not recognize her at all. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I, I just again, number six is just something different as as far as Dracula is concerned because that that's been done. No pun intended to death. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, number six. My number six, and I guess this is more a negative than a positive, is that this is a, a filmmaker's film. This is something that normally, of course, I wouldn't watch. I, I haven't seen <laughs> this movie in like 20 years, and I don't think I'll ever watch it again. And not because it's mm, not enjoyable, but it's more like something that you would show like in a classroom, I would say. Something that we, you would teach in filmmaking class. If you're going, it's like, oh, we'll watch the originals for Atu. Let's watch Shadow of the Vampires, like a, 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 a double feature. And there'll be a test on it on Friday. So pay attention. <laughs> so that's, I would have dropped out of film school. <laughs> uh, but on the positive side, it was cool seeing some of the old... They did a lot of, you know, wipes, a lot of old-style tech with the filmmaking... Uh, so even though 
it was boring and everything, I found myself like, oh, I wonder if they actually did use these techniques in the 20s and wanting to learn more about the actual filmmaking process back then. Alright. Yeah, but not for fun. Yeah, I always wondered how, because what was another movie? With a guy, the, it's the old timey masters. The old timey, where they're yeah, they're moving the reel the whole time manually by hand. Uh, there's Chaplin. Yeah, we have not done did, Chaplin. We have not done Chaplin, but that was that movie. They did that a lot. I'm and thinking like more entertaining. I think I'm thinking of the King Kong, Peter Jackson. Like, isn't Jack Black doing that for most of the movie? Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, right, this is a terrible item on my list, but I couldn't come up with really good stuff. So let's say, this movie sucks. That's my number six. <laughs> what? Whoa, pun intended. I, uh, I I was so frustrated coming up with this list, so I couldn't go to seven items, so... Because I kept saying, this movie sucks, but I was trying to come up with my list. Wow. So therefore... Oh, so I, I wasn't expecting either of you to be thrilled with this movie? I didn't think I'd be getting this adverse of reaction, though. Oh, move over Dune. That's all I gotta say. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, there's gonna be a gap here. I mean, I like Dune more than this movie, but... <laughs> I would never oh, say Oh, me that. too. That's what I'm saying. Um, anyway, alright. Uh, on to Scott, number five. Unless Sorry, wanna... I'm just trying Unless to... Unless you guys also had this movie sucks on you. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, to... You took my list, Jeff. To gather my wits after that bombshell you just tried. Um... <laughs> I, I, I did really like the, the the humor in this. Uh, it, it's very sporadic, um, and not necessarily ever used to to change the tone or the mood. Uh, but there there were moments that made me laugh out loud, um, and they're pretty much all either Malkovich or Defoe or them playing off of each other. Um, and there's some real great stuff in here. Um, hmm. The first time Willem Dafoe characters talks, where he starts going like, "Oh no, this isn't how the this this isn't a real contract," um, and then the the woman goes to put makeup on him, and uh, he makes him stop or makes her stop, and then and, uh, as Count Orloff, uh, Willem Dafoe says, "I want makeup," <laughs> to which John Malkovich says, "Well, you don't get any." Uh, just just the some of the byplay there. Um, some of the the physical humor. I have more to say about this later, but some of the the physical things Defoe's doing are are hysterical. I thought, um, like when he sits straight up in the coffin uh, when it's four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, there, there's the the humor <laughs> yeah, is definitely pretty, pretty is is dry here. Um, I I I liked uh, Carrie Always Carrie Always sighting. Uh, this is a great cast. Um, an honorable mention for me. Uh, Carrie always, when he shows up, and he's like, Phil, when I give you the signal. And he just pulls out the gun and starts firing. Uh, his, his character was funny. It was, it was kind of a nice match with uh, um, John Malkovich's over-the-top auteur. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of, a lot of the humor, particularly the, the you-don't-get-any line. Uh, I, I appreciated. That's my number five. All right, uh, Alex, number five. Uh, my number five has to deal with, you know, this is a filmmaker's film. I like the way that they spliced certain shots with the original Nosferatu film. 
I thought that was pretty cool. And then ever since then, that was like a, a thing. It's like, oh, is this from the original or is this from this film? Uh, there's a couple points where I couldn't tell. There's some where it's like, okay, that's obviously Willem Dafoe. Uh, but there's other shots uh, that they recreated so well that it, you know, I had to wonder. But I thought that was cool. So was there actual real footage used? Because I didn't see any. It all looked redone to me. I think I think some of the set stuff, like mm-hmm. the, the the castle. I think, I think the footage he's looking at when he sneaks in to look at the, the film. Oh, he's seeing the sunset. Yeah, the I sunrise. Think, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that, that was. Be. Might be. I think I'm not sure, but I want to say that when they're filming inside the galley of the ship, and there's the guy like loading crates or whatever, and then it cuts to it was obviously Willem Dafoe, like as Nosferatu, like coming out of the shadows. But I think the cut before that might have been part of the original film, maybe. But anyways, I like seeing that, and okay. it kept it kept me guessing. All right. Well, I have more to say about the. Some of those insert shots later, but I didn't. I couldn't notice any. So the what you, maybe the one like I said when he's looking in the projector, maybe, but I don't think the other ones were. But I could be wrong. Hmm. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't 100 percent uh, engaged in this movie at all times, so I could have missed <laughs> stuff. Make it so <laughs> engage. All right, uh, on to my number five. The whole plot of this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, well, Scott already kind of mentioned it the whole like filming a movie that you're not or filming something that's real you don't expect to be real blah 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 I did not like that in this. I, I, just, I just did not like this movie nothing I, about I like, this I, I enjoy I'm, I'm enjoying Jeff's layered uh, breakdown of this movie it sucks and oh, it's not the this last sucks time part sucks. of it is like it's inside of that suck was this other suck that also sucks <laughs> oh yeah I'm not done sucking either the suckiest well, sucks that ever sucked did not enjoy that part of this movie. But this, this, like I said, I've never had a movie not work for me this badly uh, that I could think of, especially wow. with actors that I liked. Like, but all right, well, I have one more suck on my list, and we'll get that over with, and then we'll move on. <laughs> so, Scott, what's your number four? Okay, we'll uh, get that suck four, off your list. Uh, Alex talked. A little bit about this already, but the the, the twenties filmmaking, uh, I I found very interesting. Um, yeah, them them using the, the the cameras of the time where you have to reel them in by hand because as the movie started, I was wondering like where they were getting power from to shoot stuff because I don't I don't remember them in that first scene like spinning the camera, but um, yeah, as they go on, it's it's all hand cranked. Um, the, the lighting everywhere. Um, I, I really loved them showing how they film the scenes uh, from from an acting standpoint where Murnau is just basically calling out direction and the actor has to kind of improv it uh, you know, for, for a silent film, um, which I think Eddie Izzard is amazing doing that in this movie. Yeah. Um, he does a really great job of that. Um and uh, just just all the other stuff around it, um, like it, a lot of it feels very primitive. Um, not just some of the set pieces, but um, just again, just the the minimal lighting. Um, 
how they just like one take. <laughs> like everything's one take. Um but it still has this 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 avant-garde feel to it. Um like or that you're getting uh as a contemporary film of the 20s. Um uh, that they they're doing something different. Um I really like Carrie Elway's character talking about slow motion. Um yeah, that was cool. How that really I don't really figures into the plot at all unless I miss something, but but just as like another nod to like yeah this is this is this is how uh, like how novel that would have been for for what it is that they're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, yeah just I I really like that as as like a side piece to everything that was going on, uh, so yeah the the twenties filmmaking. All right, Alex, what are we number four? Yeah, sorry, uh, I actually liked. Uh, John Malkovich and how obsessed he was with just the film uh, and he grew even uh, more and more obsessed with just uh, this film maybe it was just this film that did it of course you know uh, but that moment that he had where he was uh, in over his head but um, I like that it this whole process and everything that he, he eventually you know of course he did this to himself broke his mind and at the end, he was, you know, if it doesn't, ex- if it's not in, in the shot, if it's not in frame, it doesn't exist. And spoiler alert, because <laughs> he's the dead bodies that are in there and he's still trying to give them directions. It's like, oh, could you put the stake back in its proper place and everything? And he was just cranking along. I think that's the only way his mind could cope with, you know, what he had done. Well, they, they, they actually show, I think he's out of film. Like, they show the real. I think there's actually no more film for him to crank through. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe, maybe I wasn't. Maybe I, 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 I was reading too much into that. But yeah, I thought he still had film at least up to the point where uh, Shrek died from the sunlight. Yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. He still would have had him cranking through that. Yeah, um, but after that, yeah, I didn't hear like a you know the flippy sound usually that they add when when the film reels over or anything. But I couldn't exactly tell when they were doing the shots of inside the camera's machinery whether it had film or not. So yeah. either way, he's still insane. Yeah. Um, one, one note on this. Somebody made a joke earlier about Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys caught like in the opening credits. Well, Jeff didn't because he's good. Oh, it. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Nick, Nick Cage produced this yeah. movie. I did catch that. I was I like, know. oh, look at that. I don't know if Jeff was aware of that. I was not aware of that. Yeah. More of a Dracula protector. <laughs> he sure was. All right. Uh, my number four is John Malkovich sucked. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it is that, but not really. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of his. Like, I, in some movies, I do really love him. Like, In the Line of Fire, I think he's great in that. But most movies, I just don't like something about him and then his character in this is obviously not supposed to be super likable and i just i don't know if he's our main get character one of our main characters i just ugh, i did not like him he was so that voice he i not i can't even try to even try it but whatever his <laughs> doing in this movie did not like it and and the whole thing at the end i guess like i said ugh. I, I agree with what you guys are saying. He's keep it in the keep it in the the camera. Everything's real. And, but it's, <laughs> sorry, I did not like Malkovich in this movie. 
Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. <laughs> I didn't even like that movie, so Malkovich. You didn't like being with John Malkovich? Not really. I don't, honestly, I don't think I got it. <laughs> I saw that a long time ago in the theater. Um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Um, Why? Why did you stick that vamp vessel? <laughs> yeah. See, in the light of fire. Uh, oh, he has this shitty Russian accent and rounders. He's all right. <laughs> fucking rounders. Eat those Oreos, son. I wonder what his tell is. <laughs> he doesn't have a tell. Eating Oreos <laughs> by the sleeveful. Yeah, so, like I said, I don't know if it's if it's him I didn't like or the character, but whatever it was. And I know you're not supposed to like every character you see in a movie, but when I didn't like anything about the movie and I don't like the character, that just makes for a really bad movie for me. So mm-hmm. that's my number four. Alec, or sorry, Scott, what's your number three? Okay. Uh, my number three is Malkovich. <laughs> I really enjoyed his performance here. Um, I, I totally agree with, with you, Jeff. Like, very hit and miss with him. Um, I've seen stuff where he just absolutely fucking nails it in like, like nobody like no other actor that I've ever seen um, <laughs> but like here he's making the effort um, and it's it's a lot of fun the the unhinged filmmaker um, accent is ridiculous not his fort <laughs> accents uh, but yeah I really like what he's doing here um, I, I think he again and, and Willem Dafoe really play well off each other and uh, it, it really shows. Um, yeah, I, I again, uh, this is probably one of my favorite Malkovich performances, have, having watched this uh, again after such a long time. Mm-hmm. All right. Alex, number three. My, my number three is I really liked that they treated vampirism as an actual disease in this, uh, in this movie, like an actual curse. Cause in all movies up until, th- uh, this time, even Dracula 2000, the, you know, Oscar winning film, um, <laughs> they treat all vampires are like super handsome and sexy and seductive. And even in blade, they have that one, you know, they have the old vampires. They start more, more have bat like features, but they're still like super powerful and strong. And in this one, it's like, no, this is actually a curse. I've lived so long. I can't remember, like, half the sh- I can't remember, you know, half the shit that I did in my long life. He's starting to, def- to forget things. He's really starting to forget about being human. Uh, I'll touch more on this a little bit, but I just like, in general, that this is a, a way different take on a vampire uh, than they... Than- what was the contemporary like aesthetic? Okay, I mean, I prefer the sparkly vampires myself. But... <laughs> nope. <laughs> that, that's a joke. That wasn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, something that I... was okay. I thought Carrie El- Carrie Elway's was his character was okay in there. I liked his German accent. I liked how he. The slow motion stuff that Scott mentioned, he seemed like a more like a better uh, uh, director of photography, whatever, whatever they called him back then, uh, than the guy that he replaced. Um, even thought he was funny. I, I, I don't know. I liked him a lot more in this. I liked him in this movie. One of the few bright spots for me, besides uh, maybe one other person in this movie. So, 
That is my number three. Plus, he could fly. He could. Yeah, wasn't he flying the biplane that brought him there? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if he was flying it, but he flew in. Like Topper Harley. Yeah? Yeah. Scott, number two. (laughs) All right. Uh, My number two... Uh, My number two is the... the Kind of all all the... This goes back to kind of my number four of the 20s filmmaking. But the, the kind of film within a film here. Um, and they use a few tricks every once in a while. Um, and, and it's, it's uneven, but I, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, it, it, it was like, uh, the, there were a few scenes where characters would walk through different rooms and they didn't have a fourth wall. Um, I thought that was an interesting thing, um, as if to show that, no, no, you're still watching, uh, like a twenties style movie. Um, you know, they, they kind of didn't do that for a lot of the places, which, which I think kind of broke the effect. Uh, but I really like that. Um, I like that, um, in a, in a way they were showing, um, that, Yes, there's this monster, um, but in the end, it's actually Murnau, Malkovich's character that is the real monster. Um, <laughs> Why is it always man? Why yeah, is man, man the monster? Yeah, it's always man. Um, <laughs> or, or at least the, the bigger monster, anyways. Um, yeah. You know, at one point, um, uh, Count Orloff uh, um, tells uh, Malkovich, we're not so different, uh, and, and it's true. Um, they actually at one point uh, show, well, a couple times, once very early in the movie, and then right toward the end when Renault shoots up, is it laudanum? Just just like in Tombstone. Um, Morphine, right? Is that what they called it back then? No, no. It, laudanum isn't, well, I don't know. Maybe they're related, but they would call morphine morphine and at least in the okay. movie, and by the logic of this movie, the two the two different things. I get headaches uh, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in anyway, um, oh damn it! You derailed me. <laughs> yeah, there goes the train. Yeah, there goes the train. Train of thought. Left the rails. Um, so they a couple times they show close ups of him opening up his case that has the the syringe. And the, and the laudanum, but the way they 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 show that in close up, it's like the opening of a casket. Um, you know the idea that the um, that the kind of Faustian deal that that uh, Murnau makes with with the, the vampire is that he'll make the vampire immortal, um, whereas what what Murnau is actually doing here is making himself immortal. Um, through through his films, um, and the opening of the casket is him coming out at night to film. Um, he's the one that's actually drained the life of all these people. Not well, literally the vampire did, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he he's like the one kind of that set everything in motion. Um, so 
yeah, there's that's 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 kind of like the film going on behind everything, which is why I think at points you see the, the set pieces, um, why you get that weird kind of montage in the beginning of him going off to the Moulin Rouge. I don't I don't know where the hell he was. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, um, that was kind of a weird set piece. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then him uh, shooting up again at the end. Uh, so, yep, yep, just kind of the film within a film is my number two. All right, Alex. My number two is the first time I watched this film, that scene where the producer and the writer are getting drunk and then Count Orloff comes and chats with them. Because up until, even at that point, everybody's like, oh, he's just a method actor and uh, like he's way, he's gotten lost in his character and everything. Uh, And it's, this is what hooked me into the movie the first time. Is he, how he's talking about being a vampire and losing your memories, losing like everything you care about. Uh, how he describes Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula, and he's like, "Oh, it was very, you know, it's very sad." How, you know, he didn't like that Dracula served food to what's to Keanu Reeves and everything. It's like, how would he have remembered how to serve food? He have he doesn't have any servants. He hasn't had people in his castle for like thousands of years. How would he have remembered to do all these things and pleasantries, even how to be like somewhat human? Uh, because that was he was describing his own situation, of course, and, and that was uh, heartbreaking, actually. Uh, and I thought it was really, really interesting. And then he ate a bat, <laughs> <laughs> which that made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's like, all right, this this movie's not so bad. He went full Osborne. Yeah. And then the guys, they was like, he ate a bat. It's like, well, he was drunk. You were drunk. We were all drunk. It's like, he still ate a bat. It's yeah. Normal. Exactly. So that's right. like, that's my favorite scene in the movie. All right. Uh, my number two is what Alex kind of mentioned earlier, but the recreation of all the, the Nosferatu scenes. So for those, a lot of them looked really good. And they looked like what I remembered from the movie. Like I said, it's been a long time, but. Um, I really like that the splicing of you can kind of see what's go like what the scene you know when they made this scene uh, the, the him creeping up from the boat is like a classic scene him the introduction of him him sitting up in the uh, coffin all that stuff I like seeing those there so that that was something I liked see <laughs> Scott number one. I have a number one is, is Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Uh, Same here. This is... Uh, I think this is actually a really good companion piece as far as uh, like kind of over-the-top performances after Goldblum last week in The Fly. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's he's definitely uh, going the distance with this one and, and I think it's pretty great. Um, you know, it, it's... I think it's supposed it's meant to be funny for the most part um you know a lot, a lot of times it's goofy uh but but i love how committed he is um although the close-ups just just him like i love when he like clicks his like nails together um he's doing all the you know these weird like ticks that he that he brought to it um, at the same time trying to you know basically channeling uh max shrek uh, from the original nosferatu movies um and you know just him as uh like the 
I can't call him a fish out of water because he's obviously a little more cunning than, than everybody's giving him credit for. But mm-hmm. um, just like the weird stuff he, he does, like when he says he wants makeup, um, you know, him being all maudlin about uh, having read Dracula. Uh, just a lot of the, the stuff he does. Um, but mostly just, just the physical movement he's he's doing in the movie. Um, it, it It's... it's Pretty remarkable, I think. Uh, so that that's my number one. All right, uh, Alex, same thing. Yeah, same. I agree. Willem Dafoe is—he uh, shines in this movie. It's fantastic. Um, all the little the quirks in the characters, like you—you you believe that he's like an old vampire has just forgotten so much stuff. The way he's so awkward around people, the way he's—he's. <laughs> he's, He's pathetically just trying to get into people's rooms to suck their blood just by jiggling the doorknob a bit <laughs> when, he's <in> the <laughs> when he's at their inn. It's like, oh, well, they guess they're locked their doors. I guess I'm not eating tonight. <laughs> like, you never see vampires doing anything like that back, you know, in the, in the aughts. And it was uh, <laughs> fantastic characterization of Max Shrek. And I really wish that this movie was in the hand like i wish it went more into the quirky comedy route than it did i think it would have been maybe a little bit more successful maybe some of the comedy would have landed a bit more uh because yeah it was just it just felt off like a lot of scenes is like i was laughing because of Willem Dafoe's performance but there was nothing really supporting that in my opinion anyways so in in two thousand, uh, the two thousand Academy Awards, um, Defoe was nominated for an Academy Award for this. Uh, he would lose out to Benicio del Toro uh, for his role in Traffic. Oh okay, Traffic. That movie sucks too. <laughs> what? Yeah. Walking. Yeah. So that same year, Walking oh, Phoenix. Sorry, I'm thinking of. Um... Totally Pineapple different movie. You thinking of Pineapple Express? No. <laughs> so, so just a, a little bit of a trivia for those at home and, and you guys since I brought this up. Um, mm-hmm. So, Joaquin Phoenix was also nominated for what role? Joker. No, no for inventing the Abbots. No. Oh. This was a performance that I did not appreciate. Oh, Gladiator. Yes. Oh, <laughs> he got nominated for that. Yeah, um, Albert Finney and Jeff Bridges were also nominated, but I don't expect you guys to know those. Cause... Tron. <laughs> and... Yes, how'd you right. know? <laughs> you got. They decided to. It was a makeup award. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jackson Evans for the contender, and Edward Masri for Aaron Brockovich. Brockovich, Brockovich, Brockovich. <laughs> Uh, well, my number one is also Defoe as well. The performance was great, but I, I, I'll talk about the makeup. I thought the makeup was great. I so good. I don't think if you told me it was Defoe, I would have guessed it. Like I think, which I don't know if it was good or bad for makeup, but um, I did not see him in that character. I mean, once you know it's him, you, you definitely see his mannerisms, at least for me. But that was really good. It looked like what I remember the movie looking like. Um, so yeah, I like that. Um, and I guess if I remember correctly, I've seen a 
little documentary that the the real Max Shrek like sharpened his own teeth to get the yeah. was that character him role. or the guy that did Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde? Like Lon Chaney, or is it Lon Chaney? No, I'm pretty sure it was well, Max. Well, the, the legend, like like movie legend, is that that, that Max he Shrek was, real was really vampire. vampire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, I thought the the makeup and his performance was was good as well. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of agree with Alex. Sometimes it was kind of going funny, but this movie wasn't a comedy, so it was it was just weird. Yeah. It, it so. needed a, a bit more of a delicate hand when it come, comedy's hard. But yeah. say comedy's hard, drama's easy. Comedy's hard. But he's trying. Once he finally gets to meet Greta, he's just just trying to get all the. He just can't hold back, and I don't know. Some of stuff is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, that was great when she freaked out, and he's just pacing back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's it for me. All right. Any um, honorable mentions? It's just, just again, this is a great cast. Like a, a lot of my favorites, um, Carrie Elwes, uh, Catherine McCormick, mm-hmm. um, Udo Kier is always great when he pops up and stuff. Yeah, Ace Ventura. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, earlier did I mention Udo Kier's in Blade? I think I said that. Anyway. Uh, yes, I don't remember where, but I do recall. He's, he's him. like the head. Old school vampire. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute crap. Scott, <laughs> can't well, wait. I will. I will set the uh, the tone here and the, uh-huh. the gap. Uh, uh-huh. On aggregate, this might be a bad one. Uh, but uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this a five. Um, I, I really enjoyed like a lot of the stuff going on here. Uh, it, it kept my interest. Um, I know it didn't for you guys. Uh, again, a lot of the, the film stuff, some performances, um, except some of it doesn't hold up well together. Um, as, as a horror movie, yeah, not, not very scary if we're going to, if we're going to, uh, rate it on, on that aspect. Um, but again, I did, funny. Did enjoy, I did enjoy this, uh, this, this take on Dracula and I did find it funny at points. Um, it, but it is a very slow burn. Um, so yeah, a five for me. All right. Alex. I'm going to give this a four mostly because, uh, the strength of Willem Dafoe's acting, his interplay with, uh, John Malkovich, but mostly because, yeah, like, in I would probably this movie would probably be more at home for me in like in a classroom like saying okay we're gonna take this piece these scenes out of Shadow of a Vampire to study Willem Dafoe's performance or what's going on in this scene or this is how they would have shot you know back in the twenties but they did it this way you know in two thousand uh, so I was interested in that aspect of it I wouldn't necessarily say that I was entertained more that more than I wanted to learn about. Um, Filmmaking. Okay. Well, based based on your stuff, Alex, I was expecting lower, but <laughs> I'm fine with your four. Yeah, it's a You've four. Obviously, never been on this podcast before. Scott. <laughs> yeah, this movie gets a seven yeah. for no reason. Um, yeah, this gets a one. This is awful. I hate it. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Not even close. This is not even like, oh, borderline. No. So. I was predicting two. One. Wow, I don't did remember. You, did you like some pee in your Cheerios this morning, Dev? I don't... Nope, not at all. I just did not enjoy this. He said nothing worked wow. for me in this movie. I, the makeup I, looked all right. I honestly did not watch this to like, to like, Get get grumpy, Jeff, as you as you mentioned before we started. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did not think you would dislike it this much. Yeah. That's all right. That's, that's funny. So, um, <laughs> hey, so if, if some movie has to get a one, so wow. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think it was just not feel this at all. Wow. What I'm trying to think of the last time we watched something that I didn't, I wasn't feeling. Uh, was it a boy and his dog? Yeah, you hated that movie. Yeah, what did I give that one? Not a one. That was like a <laughs> Did you give it a one? I don't think I gave it a one. It's like a two or three. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. The last time I remember giving a one, and I think it was a one, was Dune. I could be wrong, but... Yeah. All right, well, anyway. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. But wait. There's so, more. what's our crossover list, Scott? So, uh, our, our favorite um, in-over-our-heads stories, so movies, TV, video games, whatever might you, you might want to do, uh, which is basically character characters getting way over their head, and that's basically the plot. Um, oh. Well, I did it a little bit differently. I did, like, a scene where the character realizes that he's... Oh, that, well, scene, a scene's fine, too. Yeah. Um, didn't specify, but um, moments, I guess, from many of that stuff, but... Uh, hmm. Uh, my number five is uh, from Cast a Deadly Spell, I, which I want to say we talked about this movie a million years ago. Um, I, I vaguely remember Alex putting up one of those sepia-colored screenshots from the movie, a screen capture from the movie. But um, mm-hmm. at any rate, this is a, this was a one of the original HBO made-for-TV movies. Um, that uh, is is basically uh, a Lovecraftian story, um, where um, yeah, everybody soon figures out that they're they're basically spoilers. Cthulhu gets involved, um, but the uh, the the main thing is that one of the the sm- small side characters does something they're really not supposed to do. And that has a huge outfit, a huge effect on the the actual plot outside of the the characters that we're really following. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my number five. If anybody's never seen this, highly recommend it. Uh, great cast, uh, cast is the least spell. Okay, cool. Uh, Alex, uh, this is from a video game, and <laughs> okay, follow me on this one because <laughs> I think Jeff. Could relate to this one, but uh, the player, whenever he comes across eh, maybe a boss in any of the Demon Souls games, yeah, <laughs> any of the Souls games, any of the Souls games, really, and, and that could even arguably just any enemy, really. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, here's a skeleton. Oh, what? Shit! It's just regular random skeleton. Fucking fucking dogs. And- Oh, those are the, and one, oh, one, the worst. Two. Mm-hmm. And you can't pause the game. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there's no, there's no breaks. That yeah. is, that's why I quit that game. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you. 
I'm actually playing. Crazy. <laughs> I'm playing uh, Code Vein, which is uh, usually I'm not into Souls games, but that one hooked me. But even still, Jeebus, even with like an AI character helping you out, you still get fucked. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, so this list was hard for me at first and then once I started thinking about it I have way too many items so it's been hard for me to break uh, narrow them down but I have uh, my number five is Donnie Brasco so okay. I don't know if you guys have seen that one but yeah Johnny Depp's undercover it's in too deep he's making friends he's getting it everything's just going hey what a lot of the drug movies I think fell into this <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh, but for me I picked the one I picked from that would be Donnie Brasco because um, I don't think I've ever He's it on my list before, and uh, I really like that movie. Haven't seen it in forever, though, so I wonder if it holds up. Anyway, that's my number five. Oh, Scott. <laughs> oh. Oh. It is funny in that movie how he's not the badass. He's a broken down guy on the street, right? Not a not the Godfather. Have Have either <laughs> yeah. of you seen uh, Hunters on Netflix? No. no. Where Al Pacino plays an old Jew. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my number three. Well, De Niro does a casino. That's true. <laughs> you, <laughs> Joe Pesci. You Jew, motherfucker, you. That's my Joe Pesci impression. Um, my number three is uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, the ultimate badasses in Aliens. Oh, all right. Let's see if we have the same scene. Uh, that's a good one I didn't have that well I mean there could be a lot of scenes from that movie yeah uh, it could uh, I mean it really hits home when they, when they when they first go searching near the reactor um, and uh, Gorman has them collect all the weapons so they don't accidentally uh, hit anything they're not supposed to hit aliens come out you, you really don't even see them it's all off camera and then they realize they're fucked uh, but yeah, this is basically super, you know, macho group of, of these space marines, uh, as, as exemplified by uh, the late great uh, Bill. God damn, my, my brain just shut up. Bill Duke. Bill Duke. No. Uh, <laughs> help me out here. Paxton. Paxton. Thank you. God, what's wrong with me? Bill Paxton. Um, you know, they think it's just going to be another run-of-the-mill. They go down, do some stuff. Uh, and it turns out to, to basically kill all of them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my number three. Yeah, that, man. Bishop good. should go. That's, that is good. Um, all right, Alex, number four. My number four is a heartfelt conversation between Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. And uh, this is right before the f- he goes to fight, Wyatt goes to fight Ringo. And they're having a heart-to-heart and everything. And then Wyatt just looks at him and says, I can't beat him, can I? And to which Doc replies, he's like, no, you can't. And uh, yeah, just that, that conversation that knowing that he's probably going to die and Wyatt still, you know, essentially goes to meet him anyways. He doesn't get there in time. Spoilers. But... I thought that was a really, really cool character interaction. And it comes back around when when they go back towards the end of the movie and have another conversation. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good one. You guys got some good ones on your list. Um, 
Quick question for you, Jeff, before you go uh-huh. on your next one. I know, I know, like, your dad, like, your parents, anyways, like, <laughs> like the, the Marty Robbins stuff. Uh-huh. Like, did you ever have to listen to, like, the Lauren Green? Like, the, like, he did a song about Ringo. <laughs> That's, like, basically, the, like, one of those songs. Um, maybe, but I, I didn't, that name doesn't okay. stand out to me. So I could have heard it a lot, just didn't know what the... Okay. What it was, you know, called. Right. I didn't really know. I heard "Big Iron on His Hip" and El Paso a million times, and I didn't oh, know that. Big Iron na- on His Hip is a great. Big song. Iron on His Hip. <laughs> didn't know the right. name like Marty Robbins until just in the last well it's, six it's, years. It's, or it's funny. Big Iron like made its way into video game culture. Um, uh, you know, Fallout New Vegas. There you go, like the randomly, like the radio would play, and there was like four songs, and that was one of them. <laughs> I never got sick of that song. That song is so yeah. great. It's so great. But if you want to know what music my dad likes, just watch any Quentin Tarantino movie because I'm pretty sure Quentin picks from my dad's record catalog. <laughs> even in uh, this last once once upon a time in Hollywood, he there was like the Bismarck song or Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Like one of those from that movie is my dad's been listening to for years. I've never heard it anywhere, but Quentin puts it in his movies. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, you're, you're number three. My number four. Number four. Uh, Wait. Like I said. No, I just did my number three. No, you didn't. Alex did his number four. Oh, I fucked yeah. up. I swapped mine. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> well, there you go. Up. My number four is going to become my number three. Anyways, go ahead. All right. Uh, uh, this, once again, I was trying to do, I have a bunch of some duplicates from like, I always use these movies, so I try to be a little different here, and this would be Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. So... That's nice, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. Got to babysit some kids because her boyfriend left. Her? I forget how the whole thing. No, he she just he can't go out with her. But they've, later on, he finds out he's cheating on her. But anyway, just babysitting some punk kids. Next thing you know, they're on an adventure through Chicago. I forget what city they're in. San Francisco, Chicago. Mm-hmm. They um, meet Thor. They, they meet Thor. Which is not Um they hide in a car that gets robbed, and all sorts of stuff happens. So, there you go. Adventures in Babysitting is <laughs> number four. <laughs> noise. Scott, number three. So, my number three, which is actually my number four, uh, going to video games. Um, a, a boy just playing in his backyard um, near a nuclear disaster, and his, his pet toad. Uh, <laughs> Accidentally yeah. <laughs> jumps down a hole created by this nuclear blast, and and being the the intrepid adventurer that he is, he descends into this into this nuclear blast and finds a whole subterranean world which they never really explain, <laughs> which in no way could have been created by the nuclear blast, um, and uh, soon finds a a a special mech vehicle car tank tank. Yeah, probably tank. Like all-terrain um, tank. And then nice. must traverse to, to 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 power up to be able to, to rescue his, his frog, which I think you fight at the end. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Um, but that would be Blaster Master. Oh, nice. Wow. Da, I do not da, remember da, da, that da, from da, that game. Da, 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 the game was da, fucking da, da, impossible. Da, 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 and the grand da, 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 tradition da, da, of, of, of da, da, Nintendo da, da, games. Yeah. Back kicking soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, it was. 
right. I do not remember the intro or the, the, the story of how we became Blaster Master. Alex, number three. My number three is Aliens Lieutenant Gorman. Uh, he's had two jumps, including this one, and they were simulated. Or is it like simulated? Like 13 simulated jumps. How many real ones, too, including this one? Like, he's pretty green as his first mission, essentially. And he, they, they they get in the shit immediately, as Scott was saying. And he didn't know. And Ripley had to take over and said, get the hell out of here. Somebody wake up, Hicks. <laughs> Don't worry, Ripley. Me and my team of ultimate badasses are here to protect you. <laughs> Yeah, those things out there. Count me out. Why did you leave her in charge? Oh, Bell Paxson. R.I.P. R.I.P. Alright, uh, my number three is Sicario. It's a me, uh, Sicario. So, I believe the actress in this is Emily Blunt. It's been a while since I've seen this, but yeah. Is, yeah. Her character is definitely in overhead in this movie. Um, so yeah, without spoiling it, it's relatively new uh yeah it's she and that border crossing scene doesn't have too much to do with her but just she's in the world that she's in she she she's fantastic in, in that movie there are a couple she like is. super tense scenes uh with her yeah yeah she got in the very end some of the stuff at the end but yeah she is it oh yeah exactly it's, it's, it meets the definition yeah, yeah. of this cross oh yeah she's yeah yeah i, I Good, good pull, Jeff. Yeah, she's way overhead in that movie. Yeah. So, so Alex, have you seen this? I have not seen it yet. Ooh, you should watch it. Yeah. Cool. Your, your doppelganger's in it. Sicario. <laughs> Benicio. Oh. It's a me. Or, or Leota Machida. Which one? <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of the UFC fighter name. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott. Number two. Number two is a movie that it feels like we just reviewed this, but. Commando. It might have been before the repeat started. Commando. Um, no. Command. <laughs> so uh, he's definitely not in over his head in Commando. Hell no. <laughs> no, but the, pre- the, the bad guys president are, of Valverde. The bad guys are definitely in over their head. <laughs> yeah. World War III. Um, I, I was going to say Predator, um, uh, honorable mention. But um, number two is World's End. When, oh, I still haven't okay. seen that movie. No, we fucking reviewed it. it. Simon Pegg. Oh, Nick that Frost. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about the Seth Rogen one. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I forget what that one's called. But um, The End is Nigh or something. <laughs> the End is Nigh. nigh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, it starts <laughs> off as, as some guy trying to reclaim his youth. Um, it drags his friends along. And all of a sudden, things get way out of control, and the, the scope of the stakes uh, skyrocket into the, into space, basically, uh, yeah. without spoiling anything. Um, so yeah, at World's End, uh, the definitely uh, way, way, way past any, any um, you know, g- given the what um, is that like what, what the characters have at stake. And what their decisions cost humanity. <laughs> uh, they're definitely in over their head. Uh, that's uh, awesome. World's end. We've got blood on our hands. It looks like ink. We have ink on our hands. <laughs> nice. I love it. All right. Alex, number two. 
Um, I might need a ruling on this one, but uh, in Arrested Development, every time a character says, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, that's good. It's... Especially Job's. But I always think of Job whenever I think of that. Yeah, because I think he uses it more. He started it. But, <laughs> With yeah. Steve Holt. It's like, all right, Dad, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. I've never admitted to making a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, usually that's a turning point in the character where it's like, oh, shit, how am I going to get out of this? <laughs> it's like, I'm way over my head. Speaking of Gob, did you hear him and, and Michael Bluth have created a podcast against ours? Get out of here. What? Yeah, they have they a list, podcast. They list seven things, too? No, they talk about important stuff, but still. <laughs> well, it's just like the my my favorite actors, some of my favorite actors from Scrubs are doing a podcast about Scrubs. I feel betrayed. Yeah. Well, they're not doing it about Arrested Development. I don't know what the hell they're doing it about, but... Hmm. Laura listens to it more than she listens these, to ours. These, these goddamn <laughs> actors and, and other people in the industry talking about <laughs> movies like they know more than us. Yeah, they're already successful. Give us a shot. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, on to my number two, which is... Um, are, there's multiple people in over their heads. And you could say the entire... Fellowship maybe into their head, but I'm going with the Damn. Hobbits from Lord nice. of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. I that almost went on my list. Good, good pull, Jeff. Yeah. So um, they come, they come the through Hobbits. it, but they are definitely. <laughs> I mean, the whole part with Pip is it? No, Pippin at the end of the meeting of Council of Elrond. <laughs> Great. What are we going? In in hindsight, go. like you got you got to wonder, like. Why Did somebody no, say wonder? And nobody, and, and why at no point, <laughs> nobody like throws up their hands and says, "and says, you really gave the ring a couple of hobbits and sent them off into Mordor." <laughs> really, Gandalf? Is that really the best way to handle things? Um, yes. But who's going to tell Gandalf no? Elrond. That's right. Yeah, but Andriel. Elrond wouldn't let him keep it there. So yeah, just, what was his choice? Get that shit out of here. Yeah, he's a oh, bitch. He's like, all elves are bitches. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I didn't expect you to agree so readily. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Them and their elvish eyes. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back. Go, go, go hump a tree or something. I don't know. Go back to La Florian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> go back to your fancy forest and your lambas and your... And your beautiful self Alright, that's my number two. Saranda Scott's number one. Yeah. Number one. Uh, I think this made my number one last week, maybe. Uh, but Army of Darkness. Uh, <laughs> Ash. That's good. Getting thrown back in time, sort of. Uh, isn't way over his head. Everything they... Not, not only is he like, over his head just from being in a different time period but people give him stuff to do that he has no <laughs> business <laughs> doing um, and, he, and he goes about doing it um, he basically raises the whole Deadite army uh, just because he's he can't be asked to remember a few uh, magic words um, three three words yeah. um, so yes the, the ultimate you know, and then if you follow 
from the first two movies where he's just struggling to, to survive in that cabin. Uh, he in definitely even more so. So, yep, Army Darkness. All right, pretty good. Alex, number one. My number one, and sorry, Jeff, if this is already on your list, but Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker. After a few Jedi lessons from Yoda, he thinks he's king shit of Fuck Mountain, and Vader just puts him down. It's pretty like good, him. and not on my list, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. Guy, guy, yeah, get, he, guy gets a few lessons from Yoda, and he thinks he's Seth fucking Brundle. <laughs> yeah. Seth. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he's doing flips and shit, jumping high and everything. And uh, It was impressive. Yeah, most, most impressive. impressive. Most impressive. But yeah, you you can tell like even during the fight, like he just quickly just he's on the back foot the whole dang time, and his you can see this confidence just draining, and he's just doing everything he can just to survive that whole encounter. It was awesome. Nice, best nice, cool. best Star Wars lights lightsaber fight. Um, uh, I was gonna say I I was trying to think of a good Star Wars one. I did not think of that. If I did, I may have put it on there. I was just thinking about more Luke in the first one. Just, you know, farm boy being taken into space with Pond Solo and Obi-Wan, but didn't make my list. Mm-hmm. But that's a good one. Empire, Face Invader might might make it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Alex, I'm sorry you didn't have this one because I think you're going to be a little upset. And mine is Jack Burton. Big Trouble oh, Little China. shit. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Yep. <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> what will come out no more? <laughs> Jack Burton. Me. God damn it. I, I don't want Alex is upset. I'm fucking upset. <laughs> that should have been my number one. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. When you it, said Ash, good. I was like, oh, it's kind of the same thing. But you didn't. You went for Ash. You didn't go for Jack. No, yeah. Jack. Jack is definitely the superior. Uh, <laughs> in yeah. over his head. I kind of feel like an outsider here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been forever since I've seen this movie too. Fantastic egg. What's in it? Hey, I'm a, what is it? Hey, I'm a normal, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty guy. reasonable guy, but I'm a reasonable, reasonable guy. guy. <laughs> There's a YouTube channel that does, uh, recreates drinks for movies and video games and stuff like that. And they did the, um, the potion from that XGN pulls out. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm doing the hand gesture. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah, it's very, it's very complicated what he did, but it looked very tasty too. Does it make you feel invincible? <laughs> it it did for the host. Cops uh, got better things to do than get killed. <laughs> I just like I already said the quote, but when the thing comes out, you will come out no more. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what will come out? <laughs> so, all right. Any honorable mentions? I have quite a few. Um, again, again, Predator. Yeah. Ain't no man's Jesus. Wait, so who's out of the road? Who's in over there? The Predator? Or Dutch? No, Dutch and the crew. They'll get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. Dutch and his men. (laughs) That's bullshit. Billy ain't afraid of no man. Two or three men out there with the most. What about Brian (laughs) Dennehy and Rambo? Ah, him too. (laughs) Caruso. He definitely realized that they were in over their heads way before anybody else. (laughs) Basically everybody in Jurassic Park. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have uh, Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. Um, training oh, Day, is. Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Definitely in over his head. Um, and then I had uh, Breaking Bad, which I know you guys haven't seen, so I don't want to spoil it. But there's definitely characters that co- go in and out of being in over their head. Um, say Matrix for like 90% of it. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Nice. Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking a lot of the Coen brothers. When I started naming Lebowski and Fargo, and I was like, eh, there's a few of these movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? Uh, taking a little dive into, uh, speaking of the Oda Machida, into the UFC. Uh, ESPN has a really interesting uh, article about some of the nicknames, some of the more interesting nicknames that some of these fighters choose for themselves, and like a little bit of story behind each one of them. That was pretty neat. Uh, of course, I'm not going to na- read the whole story, just some of the nicknames that are here. Uh, there's Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, which is, of course, from The Last Airbender. Uh, Paolo, the eraser Costa. Pretty neat, the eraser. Uh, Maurice, the crotchet boss, Green. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read this because I don't know what the heck. Was that like a Dickensian, like Bob Cratchit? You know what? I don't know. Man, I don't know whether. Does he have like uh, a tiny Tim? I, I don't. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> his quarter is <laughs> in the WWE. Uh, there's Cheng Sun Jun. <laughs> Sorry, okay, go ahead. Cheng- Chang Sun Jun, who's the Korean zombie. Uh, pretty awesome nickname. Oh, this one might be my favorite. Darren the Dentist Stewart. <laughs> Pull some teeth out with that guy. Uh, Chase the Teenage Dream Hooper. Because he's been fighting since he was a teen. And <laughs> actually, I take it back. My, my favorite might be Ian Uncle Creepy McCall. <laughs> the name certainly fits. Seeing a picture of this guy. Uh, did you ever wonder how Ed Too Tall Jones got his name? <laughs> <laughs> Is it because he was really tall? Don't you remember that from Married Children? Yeah. And then <laughs> that's why she, she, she uh, Peggy asked, "Is I'm like, Is it because you're really tall?" It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> then he goes to Sugar Ray Littered. How did you get the name Littered? <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. But yeah, um, I don't know. To me, like it seems a little excessive that every UFC fighter has a nickname. They just give it to themselves, which is fine, I guess, to each their own. But it kind of takes some of the specialness out of it. Mm. Is that the same for boxing? I don't know enough about that. Like, who named him Iron Mike or Dynamite Kid? Mike Tyson. How about... um... Maybe the promoters. I think you're allowed to give your own nickname, yeah. I guess if anyone gets mad at you, they can just fight you, and you'll probably win. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, with that, it's time for Neom News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, um, I mentioned before that the 3D Mario All-Stars was about to be released. It is now out on the Switch. Um, for For one package, you get, again... Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, or Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. Um, so yeah, I picked I picked this up 
it's you know it's not really a bargain I guess for sixty bucks, but it is great being able to play these games again. I started in on Mario sixty four. It's a lot harder than I remember. Um, you know, for being such <laughs> yeah. a, a a revolutionary game, the camera fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in those days they were still oh trying to figure God. out camera yeah. mechanics. No, no, it, it, it's totally understandable. They were totally pushing the envelope. Um, you know, there was Wait, which there was, which game is this? Mario sixty four. Oh yeah, I agree. They, they were they were setting the, the the stage for for basically all future three D gaming, um, or setting the standard mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but like going back and playing it now, it's 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 rough. <laughs> like not not that I'm particularly good at it anyway, but like half the time I I, I was dying was just because I couldn't get the camera around to the angle that I needed it or wanted it to be. Yeah. That documentary I talked about last week, High Score, um, one thing they talked about was uh, the first Star Fox, and that was one of the first 3D, you know, Uh, and they talked about one thing they had to solve for the first time ever is how you adjust the camera, because everything else before was kind of a fixed camera location, and that was one thing they said, like, so they were still struggling with that and then 64 came out, so it's crazy. Yeah, so, that said, it's still amazing game design um you know we i don't know jeff did you did you play any mario odyssey yeah, yeah he beat it yeah okay well, i've played all the main fun. mario games that have come on the main nintendo consoles i believe but but that that whole concept of a kind of objective based go into the stage and find this thing but it's like a, a different puzzle each time like I'd forgotten that's basically the whole gameplay for Mario sixty four. Like mm-hmm. going and and you have to go at the, the stage that you're in from like a different not not literal angle with the talking about the camera again, but like it, it's great. Like the, the first the first one is like you just have to make your way up to the very top of, of this, this hill and, and fight a, a giant Bavam. Um and then the second one there's like a race. And third one you get to start using cannons to shoot yourself around and um, it's just very inventive gameplay, um, and yeah, it's it's still enjoyable now. Um, it, 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 what it really made me want to do was finally go back to Breath of the Wild, because I'm just going to start that one over again. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't put too much time off on that, but uh, yeah. So, so all that stuff's out. Um, I, I haven't dipped my toes into Sunshine or Galaxy. I do remember Sunshine being great, so I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah. Like they, that one has a lot cleaner. Like it, there's no way it can't not have better camera, better controls. <laughs> um, so we'll see. So Scott, you're playing this on your Switch, you said? On my Switch. Yes. So how? Are you, like the one thing I found with um, emulators and stuff, playing 64 games, like they just can't the controller. Like I had. So how is Switch handling the controls when you're for in 64 games? It 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 feels like. I, honestly, I, I, it's been so long since I have like a, a legitimate point of reference since I've actually used a 64 controller, but it felt fine. Yeah. Like I had no problems with that. It just the I think it's just, it's just like intrinsic jank to certain things, um, like a lot of, a lot of the platforming stuff. So like jumping over holes and things like that, where like you sometimes you've got to cheat a little bit 
Um, you can't jump when you think you're supposed to jump. Otherwise, <laughs> you're going to fall in. Like, you got to do it before. Um, it, it, it handles just like I remember, though. Um, I'll, have to, I'll have to see with the other two. Um, there, there aren't very many 64 games on the, the Switch, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, like, I only had a... F- I only played a few 64 games, but, like, I remember... Mario, I don't remember as much, but I remember trying to do Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time, and uh, Bon GoldenEye, and then I just could not do it with... I tried with an Xbox controller, I tried... I have an old uh, N64 controller... Mm. Not N64, sorry, Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, I've, ne- I've never really done those games emulated, like, on... Outside of, like, an official device anyways. Um, oh, so, it was it was definitely not official. <laughs> um, that isn't to say like I haven't like mostly well, mostly when I'm emulated, it's just been old SNES titles that I actually like those owned, yellow but, buttons at the top. Like it was there's nothing nothing like an N64 controller. No, no, no. There, there really is. Well, <laughs> yeah, even the even a GameCube controller is, yeah. is a lot different than. than oh, I've never else. played that one, so I don't know. Even um, the Wii. That's the, true. Yeah, the Wii, the nunchuck. Yeah. Um, people throwing out their shoulders, um, <laughs> busting their TVs. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of waiting for them to finally throw uh, Ocarina of Time onto the Switch. I actually, <laughs> it's been a really long time since I busted it out, but on my 3DS, there there's a port of Ocarina of Time. It's actually really really good. Um, it's a very <laughs> it's actually a really solid port. Um, for for that screen and for the the controls and everything, um, but uh, anyway, so that that's uh, video game stuff, um, and then just one uh, other bit of news that I want to talk about was that a a more official Wandavision trailer dropped a couple days ago. Yeah, um, I just saw that today. Um, yeah, I really liked what I saw. Um, you know, I. I High hopes for this because um, Disney allowed Mandalorian to to be at least PG thirteen violent, um, so maybe they can take WandaVision in a little darker direction, which it looks like they kind of are at least as far as like a, a like kind of the psychological stuff going on with it, kind of the mm. the trapped in a, a version of reality that's a little more horror based. Um, yeah, I just I, I really liked what I saw there. I mean, they showed a little bit more about them being stuck in like a you know, leave it to Beaver setting, um, and and everything's starting to unravel. Um, get to see a little bit more of the the other supporting cast. Um, they showed some of the footage they showed before in the teaser of her like changing outfits and things. Um, what what I'm really hoping for is. Somebody pointed this out in a comment on the I don't know like the YouTube version that I saw, but um, somebody somebody said that this ties in um, to the the next Doctor Strange with the whole kind of twisted metaverse or what the official whatever whatever it's officially called. Um, mm. And if that's actually true, then that's super cool. Um, so yeah, just I, I'm looking forward to this. All it said was coming soon. Um, and I don't think there's been a, a, a Cap and Winter Soldier thing, or, or not a Cap, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier thing recently, right? Like trailer? Not that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, so on the timeline, that was supposed to come first, so it's interesting that 
that that WandaVision might come out before that. Um, and then just just general speculation about like what actually happened or is happening to Viz Viz Vision. Um, you know, is it all just in her head? Um, is he actually there? Um, I mean, some of some of the stuff in this new trailer shows him by himself, basically, or at least without her. Um, so it's it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. And that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, Alex, do you have anything? Nope, just that WandaVision trailer. Looks awesome. Oh, cool. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to go over? Oh, no, I was going to go over the WandaVision trailer. Um, watched the Emmys yesterday. Apparently oh, Shit's yeah. Creek. And uh, S- the, the S- Watchmen movie and Secession. the other. And Secession are, are good movies or shows, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, did you guys ever watch for us? I guess we don't talk about the other stuff, but the Watchmen. Did you guys ever watch the Watchmen? Well, no, it's it's on my list of things that I should be watching. I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, me either. I have not watched uh, any of Succession either, which is another HBO show, right? Think so, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't seen any Shit's Creek either, which I'm told is also very funny. So. Yep, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, I missed, I missed out on the Emmys, huh? I usually like to watch and make candy comments. <laughs> really, didn't, really didn't miss out. The only so, thing at the very beginning, so they had uh, Jimmy Kimmel, he's doing his monologue, and they keep, he sh- they show him, then they show the crowd, and they're all laughing, and every single time, they, they brought, so you're not told that it's not, there's no audience there. They're made to believe there's an audience there. But as you keep watching it, it's weird. And then eventually, like, they show at one point, Jimmy Kimmel's actually in the audience. You're like, wait, what? And then it cuts to him. <laughs> of course, everyone's not here. We can't do that, idiots. And so all the so, people are in their little private spots around the country or around the world, actually. So yeah, like, the, the people from Schitt's Creek, they had their own little private party going up in Canada. They just kept, every time they won, they could go up to them and... So yeah, I was I was curious about that. Like, considering, so we'll, we'll assume people don't know they're going to win until they actually announce the awards. Um, and if people care enough to show up for that, like, would would you like? I feel like it'd be shitty on the behalf of the Emmys to waste everybody's time like that to like gather everybody up. I mean, if it's just somebody at their house with their phone, like whatever. But I don't think they would have wanted to do it that way. Like, I don't know if you, you get what I'm saying. I think. I mean, they wasted their time every other year, too. Right, yeah. right. But, but they... Stuff to go down there. Right, no, exactly. But, like, there, there was... You get to see them all... Everybody's dressed in the nines and it's whole production. Whereas, like, like me on a normal weekday, like, rolling out of bed just to, to get on a conference call, like... <laughs> like, is, is it that level of effort being put in by the people on the other side of the... Like... Yeah, the I people there were they were dressed up, but you could tell they were just a lot of them were just sitting there with their significant others in their living room, and maybe some a few close relatives and friends were there, and like the actor himself would probably be a little sitting a little closer to the camera, but and I guess they had people like waiting outside their house, and as soon as they won, their doorbell would ring and they'd get the award. But in theory, they didn't know ahead of time. I mean, I don't know. So they had people just stop. Like, all right. <laughs> Do not go in before six forty five. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah so, that's funny. Um, 
But yeah, it was okay. and they did have so, so it was Kimmel, but then like uh, Michael Bluth made an appearance, uh, Jennifer Aniston, a couple other people, but they were of course six feet apart and all that stuff. But there was very few people actually there with Jimmy Kimmel. It was mostly remote. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Whatever, as with everything <laughs> this year. It's something. I mean, I don't know. A little different, yeah. What the Academy Awards are going to be like this year when the movies stop coming out in March. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh, Harley <laughs> Quinn's going to win all the awards. Cause it was like, <laughs> Sonic is going to sweep. Yeah. yeah. It's Sonic and Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, okay, about, that's all about, I got. What, 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 well, what about movies that that have been screened but never did come out? Like, like Black Widow. Like, not, not that that's going to win for Best Picture or anything, but... Maybe it's up for fucking sound design or something, and the general public just hasn't seen it. <laughs> like, there, there could be weird scenarios there. We're quite, yeah. You bring up a good point, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would be surprised if maybe they just hold it off a year. I don't know what they're going to do. But <laughs> Some people might win by the, the two sweetest word sweet Swedish. Sweetest words in the English language. Yabba, yabba, default, default. I'll tell you one thing: the uh, in memorial part of the show is going to be very long and depressing. Jeez. And they did it. For, <laughs> they did it for this. I mean, how many celebrities have died from COVID, though? All of them. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, Jeff? No, that's all I got. So. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to go to Patreon and subscribe. Uh, stay safe out there. Be cool. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't be a vampire, kids. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.